سعدتم اوقاتا اهلا بكم مره اخرى مستمعينا في حلقه جديده من برنامج يور رايت مع المحاميه جمانه كيروس ومكتبها الذي يضم عدد من المحامين في اختصاصات عديده من ضمنها قضايا البرسونال انجريز قضايا حوادث السيارات قضايا الهجره وقضايا الافلاس قضايا الكامل لو فاميل لو والضمان الاجتماعي واصابات العمل دائما بامكانكم الحصول على استشارات مجانيه عبر الاتصال على رقم 248557 3645 ايضا بامكانكم المشاركه على الهواء على الارقام التاليه 313-769-6666-519-256-1023 وعن طريق الواتساب 313-327-7074 برسائل صوتيه او نصيه تحيه طيبه لكم جمانه مساء الخير اهلا وسهلا فيك في برنامج رايت صباح الخير رامي يعطيك الف عافيه صباح الخير ثانك يو صباح الخير لكل المستمعين وصباح الخير لضيفنا لليوم مثل كل نهار ثلاثاء المحامي مايكل بانكستين اللي هو مسؤول عن البانكربسي ديبارتمنت في مكتبنا جود افتنون اتوني مايكل بانكستين هاو ار وي دوينغ توداي ام دوينغ جريت جود افتنون جمانه جود افتنون تو يو اند جود افتنون اون ذس فيري ساني داي ثانك يو يس مثل ما قلت حضرتك ارقام الاتصال 3137696666 ليلي بحب يتصل فينا عبر الواتساب الرقم هو 313-327-7074 رامي الأسبوع الماضي الثلاثاء الماضي بلشنا عن بعض الأسئلة اللي بتنسأل كتير عنا عم تداول كتير عنا بمكتبنا وحكينا جمعة الماضي عن إذا بعتذر بس لحظة فتحت على المحل الغلط الأسبوع الماضي حكينا عن الأشخاص اللي بيعملوا جارنشمنت اللي, اللي بيتعرضوا لجارنشمنت للويجز تبعون إذا صار عندهم جارنشمنت وبعدين قدموا على تشابتر 7 بانكربسي هل بحق لهم أنه يحصلوا على المصاري باك حكينا جمعة الماضي عن الإنسان اللي ببلش بالبانكربسي هل بحق له يلغي تو كانسل البانكربسي وحكينا الأسبوع الماضي عن أشياء أخرى وحدة منهم وحابة بلش فيها اليوم السؤال هو للأشخاص المتزوجين إذا الشخص من اثنين قدم بانكربسي إز ذات أوكي هل بيعني إنه الطرف الآخر الزوج أو الزوجة كمان مضطرين يقدموا فور بانكربسي سو السؤال اللي بننسأل بطريقة دائمة هي دائما إف أي فايل فور بانكربسي داز ماي سباوس have to file for bankruptcy as well so بدنا نبدا خلصنا الحلقه الاسبوع الماضي بلشنا نحكي عن هذا الموضوع بس هذا الموضوع بحاجه لحتى نتعمق فيه شوي اكثر so attorney michael bankstein last tuesday we ended with and we did not give it the time that it deserved the question was husband and wife if a husband or a wife files for bankruptcy does not does that mean that the other spouse the husband or the wife need to file for bankruptcy so we started by saying according to the law no law says that if wife files husband has to file if husband files wife has to file but we started talking about Uh, practically speaking how sometimes they may end up both needing to file if they have co-signed credit together correct that's correct okay so you have a situation where uh, let's say husband and wife are both on forty thousand dollars worth of debt 
If, Call it a credit card. Correct. Uh, $40,000 worth of, on a credit card. Uh, if they're both on that credit card, and let's say the husband files but the wife doesn't, um, a bankruptcy discharge eliminates your legal obligation to pay, but not the legal obligation of your co-debtor. So if he filed Who and she didn't- happens to be your spouse. Right. So if he filed and she didn't, so he can walk away from the 40000 but they're still coming after her for the 40000 For the full 40. So Rami, let's talk about the last week about the marriage and the husband. We said that the law doesn't say that if a woman wants to give bankruptcy, she needs to give it to her husband, or if a husband wants to give bankruptcy, she needs to give it to her husband. يدرسوا لحتى يشوفوا إذا عملياً صحيح القانون بيقول إنه مش ضروري الطرفين يقدموا بانكربسي بل هل عملياً إذا واحد فقط منهم قدم هل إذي الطرف الآخر وبما إنه زوج وزوجي بعلاقة زوجية يعني شو إلى منفعة إنه المرة تنحمي إذا إذي تجاوزة أو الزوج ينحمي إذا إذي مرته لمي give an example إذا زوج وزوجي عندهم كريدت كارد توجذر حتى لو عليها لنقول 20,000 دولار واثنيناتهم آر كو ساينورز اون ذا كريدت كارد لنقول الزوجة بدها تقدم إفلاسة المسؤولية تبعها هي 100% بس بالبانكربسي بيعفوها عن النص يعني لنقول إنه الكريدت كارد اللي باسمها وباسم زوجها عليهم 20,000 دولار إذا هي قدمت بانكربسي رح تنعفى عن ال 10,000 دولار وإنما مثل ما نحن بنعرف إنه الكوساينرز كأنه هن مسؤولين عن 100% إذا هي حميت حالة لأنه قدمت إفلاسة زوجة صار مسؤول 100% عن ال 20,000 دولار يعني إن ذس كيس ما حققوا شيء لأنه إزيت جاي إزيت جيبتها اليمين ووفرت على جيبتها اليسار جيبتها اليمين هي زوجة وجيبتها اليسار هي هي سو وقت اللي بيكون هيدي ذس إز ذا ستيكي سيتويشن بتوين هازبند أند وايف هيدي القصة بين رجال ومرته إنه إذا بيكون في ديون بيناتهم A classic example هي a credit card. ساعتها لربما هؤلاء الأشخاص مع أنه القانون ما بيفرض عليهم يقدموا مع بعضهم ليقدروا يوصلوا لحل يمكن يضطروا اثنيناتهم يقدموا الإفلاس ليتخلصوا من العشرين ألف دولار دين لأنه شو بتنفع هذا القبل إذا المرأة قدمت إفلاسها وما عادت مسؤولة عن العشرين ألف بس إذا هو بعده مسؤول عن الكريدت كارد إذا طلقوا وبعدين قدمت إفلاسة ساعتها هي ما بتعود مسؤولة عن فرنك من العشرين ألف بس هو بيضل مسؤول عن كل العشرين ألف بس نحن اليوم عم نحكي وإجمالا هيدولي أمور بيتعالجوا عند وقت الطلاق بالديفورس الجاجمنت المحاميين تبع كل طرف بيحمي الطرف تبعه بحال إنه الشخص التاني قدم إفلاسه بعدين وفي عندهم كريدت توجذر يعني نحن اليوم عم نحكي عن الرجال والمرأة اللي عندهم شيرد كريدت الرجال والمرأة اللي فاتحين مع بعضهم كريدت كارد الرجال والمرأة اللي شارين سيارة مع بعضهم الرجال والمرأة اللي هني على المورجج مع بعضهم so, صحيح القانون بيقول أنه بالمبدأ إذا شخص بيقدم مش ضروري تاني يقدم بس عملياً شو نفع إذا إنسان ساعد نفسه بس إذا الطرف الآخر بهيدي العلاقة so, شو هي the general rule the general rule إنه للرجال وللمرأة اللي عندهم 
co-signed credit كريدت مع بعض اجمالا بكذا في كريدت كارد وانما ليس دائما لربما هؤلاء الاشخاص يضطروا يقدموا بانكربسي together مايكل يو هاف اديشنال بوينتس يو وونت تو ميك اون ذيس ايشو Yes. So let's say for the sake of argument that it uh, makes sense for one of the two spouses to file individually and the other person doesn't need to file. Sure. Even if the your spouse is not filing, um, the, the court, non-filing spouse, the non-filing spouse, the non-filing spouse does still need to provide some financial information to the court because when you're married and you're living in the same household, the court needs to see uh, income. Uh, you know, so 60 days pay stubs, different things like that, needs to see proof of income for you and your non-filing spouse. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I was going to get into that, is that although sometimes let's assume that one of the two can file because they don't have joint credit. However, the other, the non-filing spouse's income is very important in order for the judge to look at whether the first party can even file for bankruptcy for the purposes of the household income. Uh, and 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 the more things let's say wife wants to file for bankruptcy and we're going to translate all this into arabic because it's a very important point salim jadalan rami anno rijal wa mara almara bada taqaddam bankruptcy wa salim jadalan ma fi diyun bayneton yani mannun ismun mish tayneton ala credit card lanqul masalan so ma fi mashkal بتقدر هي تقدم ومش رح تأذي جوزها وإنما لازم نعرف إنه قبل ما المحكمة لأنهم هن بعلاقة زوجية يعني في شيء اسمه household income المحكمة ما رح تطلع فقط على مدخولات إلا معك مدخولك أقل من مصروفك رح نخليك تقدمي بانكربسي المحكمة رح تطلع على الكابل ككابل هي اللي بدها تقدم وي اندرستاند ذات هي عندها ديون خاصة فيها وي اندرستاند ذات بس قبل ما المحكمة تعطيها الاوكي وتسمح لها تقدم المحكمة رح تطلب السبيس تابس تبع الزوج اللي ما رح يقدم الهاوس هولد انكم تبع الزوج اللي ما رح تقدم قديش هذا الزوج اللي ما رح يقدم عم بفوت مصاري على البيت هاي المصاري وين عم بتروح لانه لنقول سلم جدلا السيده بدها تقدم افليشه وجوزها بيطلع 100000 دولار بالسنه المحكمه قبل ما تقول لها يس يو كان دو ذس بدها تنظر بال100000 لانه هذا هو الهاوس هولد انكم ما عادت وحده هي هي بعلاقه زوجيه يعني في شيء اسمه بادجت واحد هون كلمه ذا نون فايلينج سباوس يعني كلمه الشخص الثاني اللي ما نيته يقدم بانكربسي بيقدر يفرجي بيمنتس اكسكلوسيف تو هيم اونلي مثلا لنقول الزوج عنده ستودنت لونز هيدول ارون هيم اونلي لنقول الزوج عنده كريدت كارد باسمه فقط بس مش باسمه باسم مرته المسؤوليه عليه هو لنقول عنده كار نوت والسياره باسمه مش باسمه هي هون القاضي بياخذ بعين الاعتبار قبل ما يطلع على البادجت كله لنقول بيطلع 100000 بالسنه رح ياخذ بعين الاعتبار انه عم يدفع 3000 دولار بالشهر ستودنت لونز هدول مسؤوليته وعم يدفع كار لون لانه السياره باسمه فقط وعنده كريدت كارد باسمه هو ومن بعد ما المحكمه تشيل كل هول البيمنتس بتنظر على ما تبقى از هاوس هولد انكم وبترجع بتقرر اذا بعين بهذا الهاوس هولد انكم اللي صار اقل بكثير لانه الشخص الثاني ذا نون فايلينج سباوس عنده بيمنت بتخصه له هو فقط ساعتها المحكمه بتقرر اذا رح تسمح للزوجه انه تقدم بانكربسي سو اي ام ايم ويز يو 100% ذا 
the bankruptcy court is going to look at the non-filing spouse, how much money she or he brings, and whatever the non-filing spouse has as far as personal payments to her or him, let's say him for now, let's say he has student loans, let's say he has a car in his name only, a credit card in his name only, the court is going to take that out of what's left for the household income to take into consideration whether she's going to allow the wife to file for bankruptcy. Well, they will take that into account, but um, there is a certain point at which if you just have a massive amount of the household income going to service the debt of the non-filing spouse, that does create an issue with the court. Well, if, if you're shunting this much of your disposable income off to the non-filing spouse, why isn't the non-filing spouse in the bankruptcy too if, if there is a massive amount of debt they're servicing? I understand. Um, the, the point I think we want to make today, one of the many points we want to make today is that even if one person in the marriage files, the person who's not filing, we're calling that person the non-filing spouse, has to cooperate, has to cooperate with um, with the court uh, to show how much she or he is earning, where is that money going, what are they doing with it, how much of it is going to the household budget, what are the pay stubs, and so forth, correct? That's correct. That's absolutely right. And there are two exceptions to that, unless, of course, you're separated. If you're not living together, then they don't need to see the financial information of the non-filing spouse. Now, I'm not saying separate to make the numbers work. I can tell you. No, we're not teaching people to commit fraud. And it's it's even simpler than that. If, If you live away from your spouse for any length of time, uh, and you move back into the house. Things, unless you're very different from the from thousands of people that I've that I've interacted with in the past, things will never be the same. So, so don't undermine your relationship to try and make the numbers work. Okay. So the general rule is the big picture here is no law says that if you file for bankruptcy, your spouse should also file. But as a practical matter it may be necessary for your spouse to file for bankruptcy when you have co-signed credit together, unless you want your spouse to be stuck with that, which does not make sense. Uh, Yes. That's correct. To use a medical analogy, uh, let's say that you were being treated for cancer and you decided, well, let's hit half of my body with chemo and knock the cancer out of the left side of my body, but let's leave some in one arm or one leg or, or, or part of my foot or something. It's only going to spread if it's not treated. So in appropriate circumstances, it does make sense to file jointly to just get draw a line under it and, and move on. What an analogy, although it definitely drives the point home. Yes, thank you for that. For that. Thank you for that clarification. You're welcome. Um, the, so, so, كمان مرة القانون ما بيقول إنه إذا شخص بالعلاقة قدم بانكربسي التاني مفروض وإنما عمليا لأي أشخاص عم بيتسمعوا علينا عندهم كريدت مع السباوس تبعون إجمالا بتكون كريدت كارد مورجج a car الى اخره اذا في co-signing relationship بيناتهم يمكن عمليا يضطروا اثنيناتهم يقدموا البنكربسي نصيحه هون بنعطيها ممكن لحتى انسان بقلب العلاقه يحمي حاله ليضل الكريد سكور تبعه قوي ويضل قايم بالعائله لربما المتسمعين ما ما بيريدوا ممكن من الافضل لهم انه ما يفتحوا كريدت كاردز مع بعضهم one of the one of the things we talked about last time is 
it may be a good idea for spouses not to be on the same credit card so that if one is filing for bankruptcy, that whole debt is wiped out and the other person isn't on one hand stuck with it or on the other hand needing to file for bankruptcy, correct? Yes, that that would absolutely uh, help to insulate um, you from having to file jointly. Okay, so again, يمكن من الأفضل إنه الرجل والامرأة لا يحموا حالهم لا سمح الله إذا اضطروا يقدموا بانكربسي بالمستقبل إنه ما يفتحوا كريدت كارز بأسميهم الاثنين يعني ما يكونوا يمكن الرجل عنده كريدت كارد الامرأة عنده كريدت كارد yes and there's uh, one uh, other thing too that we we get into uh, sometimes is that if your marriage is not a civil marriage if you are Islamically married, that's not recognized by the bankruptcy court. So to be I, a marriage. That's correct. So I've absolutely seen situations where normally you'd have to provide the financial information for the non-filing spouse, but but if you're not civilly married, you're not, you're not married for bankruptcy purposes, and they don't need to see uh, the, the financial information. I've seen other cases where it makes sense for both people to file for bankruptcy, but because it's not a civil marriage, it's an Islamic marriage, I've had to have two people file individually. All right, so the advice that we have been giving applies to people who are civilly married. If they are religiously married and they've not turned it into a civil marriage recognized uh, by the courts, then for the purposes of this discussion, we are not talking about husband and wife. They may be religiously husband and wife, but in the eyes of the court, the bankruptcy court among others, they are not a husband and wife. In the eyes of God, yes, but not in the eyes of the bankruptcy court. Okay. So, الحديث اللي عم نحكي عنه اليوم زوج وزوجي بيطبق فقط ليلي متزوجين مدنيا ليلي متزوجين دينيا وما قلبوا زواج مدنيا بعيون القانون هن غير متزوجين يعني ما عندهم مشكلة إذا حدا منهم بده يقدم طلاقه يمكن يجبر الثاني بالدت إلى آخره But as far as a co-signed credit it doesn't matter what your relationship with the other person is. If I am religiously married to someone but not civilly, and I have a, 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 a card that I am a co-signer with him, then call me whatever you want. If I file for bankruptcy, he is stuck with 100% of the bill. And so he will be on the hook and needless to say, his credit will be affected and so forth and so on, correct? Yes, and that relates exactly back to uh, the point you were making a few minutes ago about how it may make sense to have the credit cards uh, separate from each other. Right. So again, there it does not matter. But when we talk about husband and wife, we're definitely talking about a civil marriage. منكمل بموضوع اليوم مثل كل نهار ثلاثة من الساعة واحدة للتنتين منحكي عن قانون الإفلاس مع المحامي مايكل بينستين ليلي بحب يتصل رقم التليفون 313-769-6666 من كندا 519-256-1023 عبر الواتس آب ليلي ما بحب يسمعنا صوته 313-327-7074 313-327-7074. I want to talk about people who, well, since we are on the subject of co-signed credit, let me talk about someone or people, because that's, one, that's another question that we have had occasionally. Occasionally, I say, it's not as frequent. 
Can I file for bankruptcy if I work for a company and I have one of their credit cards? So can I, si- can I file for bankruptcy if I work for a company that has me, that, that has given me a company credit card? If you have a company credit card, more than likely you're an authorized user rather than a co-debtor on it. Although if you're in any doubt about that, um, you know, uh, we do pull your credit report as part of the process before the case is filed. And if that card showed up and was reporting for you personally at all, that would be an indication that you're a co-debtor rather than an authorized user. Okay. So, so من الأسئلة اللي بنسألها مش دائما مش مش بكثافي هل بقدر أقدم بانكربسي أنا إذا إذا أنا بشتغل لشركة والشركة عاطيتني a company credit card بيقول المحامي مايكل بانكستين إنه إجمالا وإنما ليس دائما الإنسان اللي بيشتغل عند شركة هو محطوط كأوثورايزد يوزر للكمباني كريدت كارد منه هو إيكو ساينر للكمباني كريدت كارد إذا كان الإنسان أوثورايزد يوزر ولا يلي ولا يلي منه أكيد إذا هو أوثورايزد يوزر ولا هو كو ساينر عند الكريدت كارد وقت اللي بيجوا لعنا الموكلين أو اللي بيجوا باستشارة we pull their credit report نطلب الكريدت ريبورت واذا كان هذا الشخص اللي مفكر حاله authorized user هو للحقيقه هو co-signer المعلومات عن هيدا الكريدت كارد بدها تبين بالكريدت ريبورت تبعه بس اذا هيدا الانسان فقط authorized user ساعتها ما ما بتبين المعلومات على الكريدت ريبورت and what does it matter if someone is an authorized user michael or whether someone is a co-signer so if an employee of a company is an authorized user can this person file bankruptcy uh, yes but uh, if it's not the debt's not in their name on that card then they won't be able to uh, they won't be able to eliminate it in bankruptcy Okay, so um, it, it's not even listed in their bankruptcy because it's, he, he, this person is an authorized user. That's correct, but be careful when you're getting a credit card. Again, this is sort of the more general financial advice that we like to give. If a company is is talking about putting uh, giving you a company credit card, that's a good question to ask. Is this going to make me a co-debtor or an authorized user? In the vast majority of cases, they're an authorized user, but I, I had someone come in the office not too long ago where... He was a, a manager at a store, and he thought he was an authorized user, and it turned out that, that he was a co-debtor. And uh, when the company, uh, and how when the did company you find went, out? Well, when the company, well, that's why he was coming in because the company went bankrupt. Um, they didn't get any money from the company, so the, the 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 people who extended the credit were trying to come after him as well um, because he was not a an authorized user, he was a co-debtor. So it can work, it can hurt you both ways. It can hurt the employer if you file for bankruptcy and you are a co-signer because they are stuck with the entire bill. And it can work against you on the odd chance that your company filed for bankruptcy. If you are an author, if you are a co-signer on the credit card, then you are stuck with 100% of the bill. And that means, or the, the payment, and that means you know, you'd have to file for bankruptcy to get rid of it, correct? That's correct. Okay. And the way we know is by pulling somebody's credit report. If this person, without their knowledge, is an authorized user, nothing will show up on the credit report. If this person is a co-signer, then the information regarding this credit card will appear on their credit report. 
That's correct. If it's your debt, any payment or non-payment will be positively or negatively record, reported on your credit report. Okay. And again, if you're an authorized user, that means you never signed anything and there is no liability to you. The one thing, so it's not really your debt. So if you are an authorized user, which is how it is most of the time, most of the time, in that case, if you file for bankruptcy, you're not you're not on the hook for anything because it was never your debt anyhow. But we want to say something about this is, you know, those who are listening, who work for companies and they have credit cards, even if it is as an authorized user or co-signer, we have to be careful regardless of the consequences of filing bankruptcy by that employee. Um, it might mess up your relationship with your employer. So that's something you want to talk to your employer about before you file for bankruptcy. If you are an authorized user, they need to know. And if you are a cosigner, they even need to know even more. As I, as I was doing my research about this point, attorney Michael Bankstein, I don't know if that makes sense or not. Um, somebody was saying that there are, if you, if you are a co-signer, if you co-signed on it and you insist as an employee on filing bankruptcy, then there may be strategies you can deal with it. And one of them is if you can, quote unquote, reaffirm the debt and continue the payment. Yes. Although typically you don't reaffirm on uh, what they call unsecured debt, like uh, credit card debt. Um, you do have the ability to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue on in my contractual obligations and I'm not seeking to discharge to this. Yeah. So, so you, you file bankruptcy for other things, but not for that credit card. Yeah, I typically don't recommend that on credit cards, but never say never and always avoid always. I understand. That's why, you know, this, like any other area of the law, is not cookie cutter. If A, then B, C, then D, right? Correct. Okay. And um, and reaffirm that that simply means you're going to continue paying it. Although you're filing for bankruptcy for other reasons, when it comes to this credit card, you're going to continue paying it. Okay. So, Rami, the question that we ask, and it's not always true, is that if a person is a company, and the company is travel expenses, business expenses, to the end, a credit card. هل بيقدر يقدم بانكربسي وشو نتائج الدين على الكريدت كارد طبعا الانسان بيقدر يقدم بانكربسي ان كانت الكريدت كارد باسمه باسم رب العمل او كانت الكريدت كارد فقط هو علاقه اوثورايزد يوزر اغلبيه الاوقات رامي وقت اللي رب عمل بيعطي كريدت كارد لموظف اغلبيه الاوقات وانما ليس دائما بيكون الموظف بس اوثورايزد يوزر يعني هذا 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 الموظف ما ما مضي شيء ما عليه مسؤوليه وبالنهاية منه دينه يعني إذا قدم بانكربسي ما في مشكل حتى ما لازم يذكر الكريدت كارد لأنه هو منه كوسايند عليها في أشخاص بيجوا لعنا ما بيعرفوا إذا الكريدت كارد اللي عاطيهم إياها رب العمل هي هو عليها أوثورايز يوزر ولا هو عليها أز أي كوسينور أه وقت اللي بنطلب الكريدت ريبورت تبع هذا الشخص بتبين الحقيقه اذا كان اوثورايزد يوزر ما راح يبين معلومات عن هيدي الكريدت كارد بالكريدت ريبورت وانما اذا كان كوسايننج ساعتها بتبين المعلومات كلها على الكريدت على الكريدت ريبورت تبع هذا الشخص سو so, اذا كان الانسان عنده اوثورايزد يوزر او كان عامل كوسايننج لازم ينتبه لشغله علاقته مع رب العمل يعني حتى لو كان اوثورايزد يوزر 
من من المهم انه يعطي يبلغ رب العمل انه هلو انا ام جينا ابلاي فور بانكربسي يس منه مسؤول عن الكريدت كارد بس من الافضل انه يحط رب العمل لانه يمكن تاثر على علاقته مع رب العمل واللي بياثر اكثر على علاقته مع رب العمل اذا اكتشف انه الكريدت كارد اللي رب العمل عطيها عاملين عليها كوساينينج يعني المسؤوليه 100% عليه المسؤوليه 100% على رب العمل اذا قدم بانكربسي بيحمي حاله يعني بينمحى كل الدين تبع الكريدت كارد بس مين هلا صار مسؤول 100% عنا رب العمل وهون صار اكثر مهم انه الانسان اللي بده يقدم بانكربسي اللي عنده كريدت كارد عليها كوساينينج مع رب العمل يبلغ رب العمل لانه يمكن يخسر علاقته مع رب العمل وزيت الشيء بيقول لي المحامي مايكل بينكستين اجينا سيناريو حتى مختلف واكيد نادر انه شخص اجى لعنا عنده كريدت كارد من رب العمل بس مش عارف اذا هي اوثورايز يوزر هو عليها ولا هو عليها از كوساينور طلبنا الكريدت ريبورت تبعه واكتشفنا انه هو كان كوساينينج وانما المشكله اجى لعنا لانه رب العمل عمل بانكربسي سو so بما انه كوساينينج ريليشن شيب إذا رب العمل عمل بانكربسي عمين المسؤولية مية بالمية هلا بدها تطلع على الموظف فأكيد هون إذا ما بيقدر يدفع الموظف الحل إله كمان إنه يقدم بانكربسي قبل ما نتكلم عن التاكس ريتيرنز والتاكس ريتيرن ريفند هل بتقريلنا إذا بتسمح السؤال اللي جينا تحت الهواء؟ بالفعل وعلى فكرة كان هو متعلق أيضا بالتاكس لأنه السؤال على الوات على الواتساب من أحد المستمعين يسأل إنه هو سيلف امبلوي سيلف امبلويد وانه في تاكس لازم يدفعها للاي ار اس بس انه بده يفكر يعمل بانكربسي هل هذا الشيء راح يساعده انه ما راح يخلي ما راح يدفع هذه الديون ولا لا؟ سو وات شود كم فيرست هذا سؤال من الاسئله اللي كنت انا بدي احكيها اليوم لانه تقريبا دائما في عندنا هذا السؤال Should I file for bankruptcy if I am expecting a tax refund, big or small? What should come first? Getting the tax refund, spending it and then filing for bankruptcy or filing for bankruptcy and listing the tax refund as an asset? So uh, we have a self-employed person who is expecting. Can I say something? Rami, the financial experts, they say, You, you should be better off not getting a tax refund. Hala min kamil ikhr al halqa fiya as part of our financial uh, advice. But lan ul salim jadalan inno shaks al litasal fina in kin employee or self employed, it does not matter, is expecting a tax refund. What should this person do, Michael? Um, generally, for most people, the amount of the income tax refund. Uh, is something that you can protect using uh, the exemptions, uh, which we've talked about in the past. The wild card exemption? That's correct. If you're using the federal exemptions, there is a wild card exemption that covers up to $13,100 per, per debtor. So it partly depends on how much, how big of the refund you think you're going to get. For most people in most situations, um, the amount of the exemption is enough to cover the tax refund. Although one thing I do check for when I'm talking to people at the um, at the initial consultation is, do you think you're going to get a tax refund and how much do you think you're going to get? Because sometimes that goes one way or the other depending on the number. So Rami, خليني, uh, let me break mm-hmm. this down. كل إنسان بيقدم بانكربسي عنده مبلغ معين فيها حصانة. مثلا اللي بيقدم بانكربسي أول 13100 دولار من المصاري تبعه محصنة. 
يعني بيقدر يبلغ عنا والبانكربسي كورت ما رح تقدر تدارى سو بيقول المحامي مايكل بانكستين لنجاوب هيدا الشخص ونجاوب من الاخر نرجع نفسر شو اللي لازم يجي قبل؟ ات ديبيندز حسب حسب شو؟ حسب قد ايه رح يكون عنده اكزامبشنز اذا عنده وحسب قد ايه التاكس ريفاند اغلبيه العالم التاكس ريفاند تبعها 1000 2000 3 5 6 7 في كثير عالم ما عندها تاكس ريفاند كثير كبير بس اول 13100 من مصاري كل انسان عم بيتسمع محصنه لنقول هذا الشخص اللي عم يسال السؤال منتظر 6000 دولار وما عنده اني اذر اكزامبشنز ما بعد هي ديد نوت ران اوت اوف اكزامبشنز بيقدر يستعمل الوايلد كارد اكزامبشن اللي بتقول انه اول 13100 دولار من مصرياته محصنه هيدا الانسان مش مهم اذا قدم بانكربسي قبل ما تيجي التاكس ريفاند او بعدها لانه حتى لو قدم قبل ما تيجي التاكس ريفاند وابدا تيجي التاكس ريفاند هيدي المصاري محصنه سو ات ريلي ديبيندز سو خلينا نرجع نردد على فكره تاكس ريفاند يعني بالمختصر مفيد انت دفعت للستيت اند اور للفيدرال اكثر مصاري ضريبه يو اوفر بيد يور تاكسز يعني دفعت اكثر مما مطلوب منك ومنتظر بعض المصاري باك سو so, اذا الانسان قدم تشابتر 7 بده بده يحط انه ناطر تاكس ريفند اول 13100 محميه حتى اذا قدمها بده بده يحطها از ان اسيت على فكره بده يقول انه انا جاييني تاكس ريفند 10000 دولار هي هاز تو ليستد لانه بتقدم بانكربسي بدك تحط الاسيتس تبعك وبدك تحط اللايابيلتيز تبعك الاسيتس شو عندك وشو فيت لك اللايابيلتيز شو بشو مديون سو so تقدر تقدم تشابتر 7 وعارف جاييك تاكس ريفند وتحط التاكس ريفند از ان اسيت ومحمي لحد 13100 بس اذا ما عاد عندك اكزامبشنز وهون شوي صارت صعبه يعني ما في جواب هو اسود وابيض مشان هيك الاستشاره مع مع محامي بيفهم بهذا القانون كثير مهم لانه بدنا نحكي عن شيء اسمه اكزامبشنز واذا اذا ذا بيرسون هاز ران اوت اوف اكزامبشنز او نوت لنقول سلم جدلا انه الانسان هاز ران اوت اكزامبشنز ما بقى يقدر ما بقى عنده حصانه ساعتها الافضل ينتظر لياخد الريفاند ويصرفه وبعدين يقدم على تشابتر 7 يعني القصه كلها واقفه على شو الاكزامبشنز تبعه وقديش من الاكزامبشنز فيه يحمي اذا قدم بانكربسي واخذ التاكس ريفاند ولا هل احسن يصرف التاكس ريفاند وبعدين يقدم بانكربسي Michael does not matter for those who choose to spend their tax refund and then file for bankruptcy. Does it matter what the tax refund money is spent on? Should it be on legitimate purposes or can it be on a vacation and a um, motorcycle and then filing for bankruptcy? I'm also going to throw in there if you have a big refund and you think, well, I don't want to have that refund when I file for bankruptcy, so let me pay back my cousin or let me pay off a creditor so I can keep the credit card. You still have uh, those other issues that we've talked about many right. times before about a payment to an insider or preferring one creditor over another or a fraudulent transfer. Okay, but what about incurring new debt, buying or not incurring new debt? You, you got your $10,000 tax refund and you bought yourself a motorcycle. cash for full um well you'd have to exempt the motorcycle um you you generally don't want to you know fritter the money away 
Um, but if you if you gambled the money away, I've had people who took a $5,000 refund and gambled it away. Of course, you'd have to disclose that you gambled it. If you made any gifts, you'd have to disclose what you did with the money. If you got a, a big refund and the trustee can see that you got it right before you filed for bankruptcy, they're going to wonder, did you have that on the day the case was filed or did you not? And if you just had $5,000 and then a month later or a few weeks later you don't, um, you know, they do have the right to ask you about, you know, where that went. Okay. So, excuse me. So, to answer this question, what should come first? Bankruptcy and, and, and listing the refund or waiting for the refund, spending the refund, filing for bankruptcy? There is no right answer. It depends on how large the refund is. It depends on how many exemptions you have run out of. It depends on whether you can access the wild card credit exemption. It is something to be discussed with your bankruptcy attorney. There is no right answer and there is no wrong answer. Uh, correct. So, for example, somebody has eight or $9,000 worth of jewelry and they may need a large amount of the wild card exemption to exempt the jewelry. So it may be a they situation. They run out of that exemption. Uh, they don't run out of it, but I mean, there's only so much of that wild Wild card exemption. Protect. So, so if that causes you to, if you filed this month and you wouldn't be able to protect the entire tax refund, it may make sense if you if you typically use the tax refund to live on uh, for a couple of months and and you can wait. Sometimes you can't wait, but if you can wait, wait until you've actually spent that on you know the property taxes or repairing the roof or what have you, and then you don't have to protect the income tax refund if it was spent prior to the filing. And then you, in that case, you would have enough wild card exemption to protect the jewelry, for example, if you had a large amount of jewelry. So and it's I, very fact specific. And it is very, I think it's very good advice for those who decide to wait for their tax refund, spend it and then file for bankruptcy. I think it's good advice to always tell people, spend it on legitimate things. If the bankruptcy trustee asks you, what did you do with your money that you just got from the IRS and or state yesterday and you filed today, it would be much better if you show that you spend that money on legitimate things like repairs and mortgage and stuff like that. That's correct, because there is a good faith requirement uh, exactly. in bankruptcy. Okay, thank you very much. Again, like every Tuesday for one hour, we talk about bankruptcy. The numbers to call are 313-769-6666, from Canada, 519-256-1023, and via WhatsApp, 313-327-7074. So, um, uh, financial advisors say it's better not to have a tax credit. Your thought on that? Well, I mean, if you have a a big tax refund. Sometimes people get really excited about that, but essentially you're giving the government an interest-free loan for a significant part of the year. It's generally a, a lot of tax authorities, or excuse me, tax experts that I've talked about say it really makes it sense for it to be more tax neutral. You don't want to have to pay hundreds or thousands of dollars in every year at the end of the year, but it doesn't necessarily make sense to have more money coming out of your check uh, you know, every week or every couple of weeks and then get a massive refund at the, at the end. Uh, it's better if it's more tax neutral. And there's actually a very good um, IRS allowance calculator right on the IRS website uh, that'll help you figure out what your allowances should be on your W-4. So I definitely recommend people check that out. We, we should probably maybe put that on the website or something. Okay, I definitely need to paraphrase all of that. What you have said, and we're gonna break it down, what you have said is, why are you giving the IRS or the state? Because a tax refund can come from your state or it can come from your IRS or from both. You are saying the one thing that stood up in everything you said is the point we'd like to drive across today, that financial benefits 
harp on people is why are you giving your government a an interest-free loan if you overpaid what does a tax credit mean or a tax refund mean it means it simply means you have overpaid on your taxes and you're getting some money back that's what it means on your taxes to the irs and or the state and you're getting some money back wouldn't it be better if you paid properly in the first place and we can tell people how to do that but wouldn't it be better and again we're not we're not tax consultants but you know, we pay our taxes every every year and we know a little bit about that. So wouldn't it be better not to overpay your IRS or your state and pay just right and whatever money was you were going to overpay, let's, let's say you overpaid $5,000 for the whole year. Well, they're going to give you that back. But when you parted with that money, imagine the things you could have done with that. It's not like they're going to give it to you with interest. Imagine if you took that money, that $5,000, and you invested it because you overpaid. They're going to give it back to you, but they're only giving it back to you at 5000 Had you been smart enough and not paid that extra 5000 you could have put this in an IRA. And imagine the money that it can make you when it sits in an IRA. Or if you have, if you are, you know, working for an employer that offers 401k, you put that money that you overpaid in the first place, you put it for some company to, to give you high interest on it because they're working your money in the stock market, that same amount. So that is why, you know, advisors, financial advisors say better not to have a tax credit and make sure you adjust your withholdings accordingly. And we're going to talk about little advice you know we're not experts in the field about how to adjust your withholdings accordingly and invest that money in an investment account that's going to give you money i agree it's always better to invest the money and make the money work for you and and here's another way to think about this if you have a five thousand dollar refund at the end of the year and you're paid weekly if you take five thousand dollars divided by 52 because there's 52 weeks in a year that's a little over 96 dollars a week wouldn't you like a $96 a week raise? All you have to do is, uh, you know, tighten up your allowances a little bit on the W-4. Okay. And, and, it's, and, and again, it's your, it's your withholdings. And if you put that $96 into, you know, a, a 401k, if you work for an employer who offers it, or into a, an IRA that you can open if you are self-employed or you are a lay person, that fi- that ninety six dollars, that five thousand dollars at the end of the year, will grow to tens of thousands of dollars. Five years later, ten years later, twenty years later. Again, the um, the um, advisors that we have in the office had uh, with the four hundred one k money that they invested for um, for their recipients last year had a twenty percent increase. So the five thousand plus 20% becomes 6,000 after year one. The 6,000 at 20% becomes $7,200 at year two. Why are you overpaying on your taxes? Yes, the IRS will give you that money back, but you could have taken that same money and invested the 20%. That's true. I mean, that's a that's a, a massive uh, uh, you know opportunity cost there of getting a big refund at the end of the year. Uh, it's always better to invest and make your money work for you. I totally agree. Okay, so so people get excited excited about getting a tax refund. I mean, okay, it's like a check in their hand. But those who better understand numbers should say, "Ouch! I should have adjusted my withholdings 
accordingly so that I didn't overpay because whatever money I overpaid, I could have invested somewhere else and it would have been making me money right now. Instead of the 5,000, it would have been 5,200, 6,000, 7,200, 8,400. So they should start looking at it this way. I agree because there is it's tempting. There's a real sugar rush of, hey, I got a $5,000 check today. Uh, but you have to think about the long-term implications for sure. Right. And and how people adjust their withholding, here is the thing. The, the IRS wants you to pay taxes on what you make, not what you think you're going to make. So when you overdo it on what you think you're going to make, you've overpaid, and that's why they give you back at the end of the year or the following, you know, April, whatever. When, when do you get your tax refund? Um, you know, it depends. If it you depends file electronically, you file, yeah. if you file electronically, you get it back pretty fast. I would say about maybe about... Um, the following month, Joe? Cer- Certainly yeah. within a month, but okay. maybe less than that. You can talk to your accountant about whether or not you are withholding too much. You can talk to a financial planner about whether or not you are holding withholding too much. Correct? That's correct. Okay. So, Rami, tax refund. A tax refund IRS, الخبراء بيقولوا ما تنبسطوا كثير انه رح تحصلوا على تاكس ريفند لانه ما استعملتوا مصرياتكم بزكاء التاكس ريفند شو بيعني رامي بيعني انه انسان فكر عم بيطلع اكثر مما عم بيطلع ودفع ضريبه بالوذهولدينغز تبعه ان كان كل اسبوعين عبر رب العمل تبعه ولا اذا كان سيلف امبلويد بيدفعوا استيميتس كل اربع كل اربع مرات بالسنه ب بمارش 15 بجانوري 15 وحده ب April 15 وحده بجون 15 وحده بسبتمبر 15 واجين بجانوري 15 so الشخص اللي عم يدفع ضريبه اكثر مما لازم صح الحكومه عم بترد له ريفاند باخر السنه بس هيدي الريفاند هيدي مصاري قعدت عند الاي ار اس او قعدت مع الولايه وردوا لك اياها بلا ما يردوا لك ضريبه معها لو كان الانسان دارس الوذهولدينغ تبعه وعارف كيف يدفع ضريبته صح كل اسبوعين ليلي بيشتغلوا وصح اربع مرات بالسنه لانسان اللي سيلف امبلويد ما بيرجع له تاكس ريفاند ليه احسن؟ ليه احسن الانسان ما يرجع له تاكس ريفاند؟ مثل ما قال المحامي مايكل بانكستين لنقول انسان غلط وجاي تاكس ريفاند لانه دفع ضريبه وذهولدينغز من مع رب العمل تبعه اكثر مما لازم ولنقول سلم جدلا اجي تاكس ريفاند باخر السنه 5000 دولار 5000 دولار يعني معدل بالجمعه زاد ضريبه اكثر مما لازم 96 دولار لنقول 100 دولار بالجمعه 100 دولار بالجمعه بتعمل تقريبا 5000 بالسنه لو كان هذا الانسان دافع صح باخر السنه ما بيجي ال 5000 بس باخر السنه هي ال 5000 كانت صارت 6000 كيف؟ الحكومه رح ترد لك اياها بلا ضريبه بس لو هاي المصاري اللي انت غلطت فيها شغلتها اذا كنت بتشتغل لرب عمل عنده 401k هن بيشغلوا لك اياها واذا كنت ما بتشتغل عند رب عمل عنده 401k او سيلف امبلويد او انسان عادي فيك تفتح شيء بسموه اي ار اي وبيشغلوا لك المصاري فيها والمصاري عم تكبر تصور هال 96 دولار اللي انت يو اوفر بيد الاي ار اس اند اور ذا ستيت كل جمعه حطيتهم على جنب 
كانوا فوتوا لك مثل ما قلت لك الخبراء اللي نحن بنتعامل معهم بالمكتب هون عملوا ربح ليلي بالفور وان كي السنه الماضيه 20% يعني اللي حاطت 1000 قديه 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 صارت 20% زياده صارت 5800 ما هيك؟ سو so, هاي المصاري بدل ما يردوا لك اياها 5000 باخر السنه لانه الاي ار اس ما بتدفع ضريبه على مصرياتك ما بتعطيك ضريبه فوقهم لو انت عامل الكالكوليشنز تبعك صح كنت انت شغلتهم ولو انت شغلتهم ما كانوا رجعوا لك 5000 كانوا رجعوا لك اكثر من بكثير من هيك وتصور هاي المصاري كل شهر عم تكبر وكل سنه عم تكبر compound interest about compound interest مش هيك الخبراء بيقولوا do not get excited about getting a tax credit a tax credit you shouldn't get a tax credit you should not get anything you should not owe and you should not get you should not owe لانه you pay a penalty you should not get لانه هي مصاري كان فيك تشغلها بالفايده كيف بتشغلها بالفايده مش عم مش عم بدينها لغيرك بتشغلها بالفايده لانه بتاخذ راث او بتاخذ او اذا عندك 401k مايكو Uh, thank you. Um, <clears throat> I had an interesting case uh, yesterday. I had someone who's a sponsor for someone in immigration, and he's also filing for bankruptcy. The gentleman was concerned the immigration was going to hurt the bankruptcy or that the bankruptcy would hurt the immigration process. I met with um, Sam Safe, our immigration attorney, and we, we definitely sort of hashed that out and looked it over. And um, uh, what happens is on your I-864 for immigration, that's an affidavit of support for an immigrant, that's a, that's a gross income test. And for bankruptcy, it's more of a disposable income test. So it's really two different things. Um, and uh, we haven't seen any case where that, where that hurts each other. Uh, put that in plain language. Disposable sure. versus so, gross. So um, when, when someone's immigrating, and let's say that they're in the immigration process and they don't have any any income, well, you know, the, the immigration authorities want to make sure you don't become a, a public charge. So one of the things that you need sometimes when you're involved in the immigration process is to have a sponsor, someone, you know, filing an affidavit that they're going to provide some financial support. So, and that's what that form I-864 is about. Um, and again, I'm not an immigration expert, um, but his concern was, well, how do I explain those two things if they're right next to each other? I'm supporting someone financially, but at the same time, I have little or no ability to repay my debts over time. And that was a concern of his. Okay, so we will talk about that in the future. I know our time is a little bit limited. The interaction between bankruptcy and immigration. Bankruptcy and immigration. Yeah, that one's hot off the presses. I'd love to speak uh, with you about that next Tuesday. Okay, we will talk about it next Tuesday, God willing. I want to read a review before we talk about the last issue very quickly. This just came in, I believe, yesterday. No, a couple of days ago. I do apologize. Um, here, I lost it now. <laughs> Give me one second, please. Unless you have one, here, here we go. They have a wonderful team, especially Ms. Kiruz and the attorney Michael Bankstein. I will tell my relatives and friends about this wonderful office and the team, which they will be there to help anyone anytime. Thank you. Oh, shukran. That, that's so great to hear. You know, uh, people ask me, how can you do bankruptcy every day for 12 years? Uh, what, what keeps it fresh for me is, is that person across the table. This is, this is new to them, and they're, they're in a time of need, and the ability to actually reach into someone's life and to help them turn it around and, and get back on the road, that's, that's just the, the highest reward, I think, that, that, that I could have. 
Michael, you are as sincere as they come. You are as passionate as they come. You are as, as humble as they come. And I think it shines through in your interactions with people and in your work. Thank so you. Really, thank, thank you. you. The, the last thing that we have time to talk about, we have three minutes. So um, if, I, if I get my car repossessed, can I get it back once I file for bankruptcy? So again, الأشخاص اللي خسروا سيارتهم لأنه عملوا لها ريبو أو ريبوسيشن إذا قدموا من بعد ما خسروا السيارة إذا قدموا على بانكربسي هل لح يقدروا يحصلوا على السيارة باك مثل السؤال اللي بلشنا فيه الأسبوع الماضي اللي كان إذا كان أمر من محكمة ضدي لأدفع مصاري وعملوا غارنشمنت على الراتب تبعي ومن بعدها من بعد ما اخذوا مصاري من الراتب تبعي اللي هو فقط لحد ال 25% وفقط از ريزالت اوف حدا يكون عنده حكم من المحكمه مش كل اثنين بدهم مصاري من بعضهم بيقدروا يعملوا جارنشمنت على الويجز تبع بعضهم نوت ات اول بدها تكون بسبب دعوه بالمحكمه وحكم طلع بالمحكمه وساعتها بيقدر ينعمل جارنشمنت على الويجز لحد ال 25% السؤال كان هل بقدر رجع المصاري اذا قدمت بانكربسي والسؤال هلا اذا خسرت سيارتي وقدمت بانكربسي هل بقدر رجعها يس اور نو Okay, it partly depends on what chapter you're filing. So, uh, first of all, whether you're a, a, a debt liquidation bankruptcy or a repayment bankruptcy, the key is speed. So, it doesn't take that long for them to take the car, um, get it up on a truck, and, and within within a couple of days or a few days, it's in some depot in Toledo or, or wherever, and they, they turn those cars around pretty fast. But uh, if, if it's pretty quickly after the filing of the bankruptcy, uh, so they haven't really sold it yet, Um, then the automatic stay that goes into effect when the case is filed, that means that a creditor can't call you, they can't write you, they can't sue you, they can't garnish you, they also can't engage in any activities for purposes of collecting a debt. So if they have a car in their possession but they haven't sold it, Um, then you may be able to get that back. It's a little hard to get it back as a practical matter in a Chapter 7 because a Chapter 7 doesn't have any kind of repayment mechanism. So you're two months, three months, four months, what have you, behind. Um, it's easier to get it back in a Chapter 13 because you don't need all the money right now in a Chapter 13. That allows you to repay your debts over a three- to five-year period. Michael, I know our time is coming up. We will talk about that next Tuesday, but I think people who are fearing possessing the car may want to think about it because even if they get the car back they may have to pay towing charges storage charges and so forth we'll start next tuesday god willing by expanding on the subject i'm looking forward to it rami thank you very much and thank you to all the thank listeners you.